So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hopefully, you're having an awesome week, and today I want to share with you how overwhelm actually suffocates your dreams and desires, and actually how you can handle the overwhelm, use that same energy that when you're feeling overwhelmed and actually move that to propel your dreams forward. So if you don't know, I actually played college basketball here at a small school in Central Texas at a Division three school, and playing college basketball was always a dream of mine. When I was little, I would shoot baskets in the driveway and you know, pretend that I would make the winning basket as the clock counted down and would go and win the game. And I just had this dream. I was going to play at the biggest schools at that time. One of my favorite college basketball teams was the University of Kentucky. And so I would watch the final four and I would just dream and I was just all in on basketball and I would just shoot free throws. I would shoot and play this game within myself in the driveway of making baskets and I remember when I was young, maybe in like third or fourth grade, my mom was like, well, you can't, you can't play in the NBA if you don't know how to spin the ball on your finger. And so I was so focused on reaching that goal that I was going to learn to spin the ball on my finger because I felt like that was a requirement that needed to happen. So I increased my skills. I was always practicing. And my senior year in high school, I, I didn't necessarily do all the things to to go play Division One. I. I could potentially had walked on, um, wouldn't have gotten a scholarship, but walked on to like some smaller Division One schools. But my senior year of high school, I thought, you know, I don't know if I want to go play college basketball. And I was being recruited by some some smaller schools, and you know, told them, no, I'm not interested. And then the summer after my senior year, so basically all the recruiting period had ended, I had got the itch where I was like, no, I really want to play. And I emailed my coach and kind of sent some tape out to different places and went and visited a small school in Central Texas as Division Three, and called Howard Payne University and um, went and met the coach and knew that I could play there. So I went to school there and was going to go play on the basketball team. And my freshman year, I was one of the first people off the bench. And so I had this idea, this belief that, you know, Division Three, what is that? Um, compared to division one, I could go be successful really easily. And that wasn't the case. (laughs) And as I got into my, got into it and to practice realized, Oh, like I'm not the best one on the floor and the game is fast. And I started to, my belief started to change from being someone who could succeed and have wild success to someone like, Oh, I just need to make sure I don't mess up. And I actually got a fair amount of playing time as a freshman. I was one of the first people off the bench. And anytime I got in the game, I my focus was don't turn the ball over. Anytime I touched the ball, it was like, just pass it. Make sure you're running the, the play right. And you know, I knew I could play defense because defense was just hard work and effort. But when it came to the offense, it was like, I don't want the ball. Don't pass the ball to me. And I had the idea in my mind that I didn't even want to score. When I got the ball, I didn't even look for my shot. So 
when you think about that, the idea of me in the driveway as a young kid dreaming of playing at these high levels in the Final Four, hitting the game-winning shot is very different than the reality that I was believing and experiencing my freshman year, which was don't pass me the ball because not only can I not score, if I hold it too long, someone's going to steal it from me and they're going to go, the other team's going to go on the other side of the floor and dunk it and get an easy, easy points. And so that shift, that overwhelm of the game is fast. I'm not the best player anymore. I'm, you know, learning something. I'm learning the new plays. I don't know how this works. I'm just, just get in there and, and don't screw it up. The overwhelm changed my focus from focusing on what I did want to happen, which was to be successful, to score, to help my team win, to contribute, which I believe I was doing because if, if I wasn't, I wouldn't have got the playing time. But the dream had been suffocated out of me at that point. The dream of being someone who is going to star and be successful had been squashed out by this idea of overwhelm that, oh, do I have what it takes to succeed? Because here's the thought that happened is, well, if I turn the ball over too many times, then I'm going to lose playing time and I'm not going to get my opportunity again. And if I don't get my opportunity again, then I'm going to not succeed in playing college basketball and I'll have failed. And everything that I've been focusing on up to this point in my life would have been kind of all for naught. Or, you know, maybe my parents would be disappointed in me or maybe I would be embarrassed. And so those thoughts of I'm, I'm trying to prevent losing playing time that's going to lose embarrassment or going to hurt my reputation caused me to feel frenzied inside and caused me to, when I would get the ball, the actions that I would actually take in the game, when I would get the ball, I wouldn't look to score. So this overwhelm completely drove out my dreams of being successful. And it was because I was holding this belief that, oh no, what if I mess up? I was focusing on what I didn't want to happen. And so the same thing can happen in our life is that when you're constantly living in overwhelm, you'll never be able to maximize your opportunities. Your overwhelm drains your creativity. It drains your energy and strength. It drains your patience with people. And like I said, it crushes your dream. And the thing about the overwhelm is the overwhelm is just a result of you focusing on what you don't desire. Because the circumstance, whatever you're feeling overwhelmed about, the circumstance is really just objective when you look at the, the facts of it. So in my case, in basketball, I was just a freshman. I'd never played college basketball before, and I was in the game. And I was someone who knew needed to know the plays. So all these are objective things. As you know, 18-year-old kid playing college basketball, something I'd never done before. It was objective that my coach trusted me enough to play me in the game and that our team was our team was good. Our team was one of the best team in the conferences. So that was something else, you know, where I it added to my belief, well, if I mess this up, then I'm going to mess up a good thing for our team. But yeah, it's just objective that our team was one of the stronger teams in the conference that year. And so what I did is my belief actually assigned this objective circumstance a value. So my lens and how I was looking through life was saying, oh, all these things, I could ruin it for my team. I could hurt my reputation if I turn the ball over. Or if I play bad, you know, maybe my family's going to be disappointed in me. Or, you know, if I play bad enough over a long period of time, I'm going to lose my opportunity to play college basketball. And then this dream would have been a failure. So that was all the drama that I brought to the objective circumstance of a 18-year-old freshman 
playing in a college basketball game or games on a team that was one of the best in the conference. I brought all the drama to it. And so when I brought that drama of focusing on the things that I didn't desire, the negative outcomes, it created actions because our behavior always comes from our belief. And so this belief that I had drove this behavior of someone who didn't even really look to score. I would just look to pass the ball because my focus was don't turn the ball over. And so that changed over time. So as I got more experience, you know, because all our beliefs are is a combination of our exposure and our experience. As I got more experience, the quote unquote game slowed down. <laughs> you know, that's a common phrase that maybe you'll hear is the game will just slow down. And did the game, did the pace of the game actually change? No, it did not. The game was just as fast. But what happened is I was able to adjust my experience gave me the belief that, oh, no, I can do this. I can actually score it. And in my four years in playing college basketball, by the time I was done, you know, my junior, senior years, senior year, I was, you know, first team all conference. And there was my junior year for the first half, I was leading the conference and scoring, which is very different than as a freshman, just saying, I don't even want to, I don't, when I catch the ball, I don't know if I even look at the basket because I don't want to turn it over. And so, a belief is just getting experience and exposure enough to support the belief that you hold. And so you, we can shift that over time. So once my belief changed that I could be successful, that I could accomplish those dreams, I was no longer overwhelmed. And that belief of being able to succeed actually created behaviors that caused me to be you know, one of the top leading, one of the leading scores in the conference, one of, you know, first team all conference team members. And um, so when I compare and contrast, okay, well, what was the difference at the end? The idea, the belief that if I don't handle my business, something bad is going to happen. And when I see my business, it means like, if I don't handle my playing time in the right way, if I don't play well, or if I, if I just avoid playing bad, then something negative is going to stay away from me. So I wasn't even focusing on positive outcomes. I was just so focused on the negative of losing playing time, being embarrassed, um, disappointing my family, disappointing, you know, whomever that I was so overwhelmed because I felt like I had to be perfect. But once I changed that belief, I was able to make more mistakes by being aggressive because I knew that I could play that game and I knew that I could handle and be in a position to help my team win even if I turn the ball over. And my experience and exposure actually allowed me to see that no more times than not being aggressive actually helps my team win and sometimes a negative thing happens like a turnover. But I was actually harming my team by not playing to the best of my ability as a freshman because I was so focused on this outcome that I didn't want to happen. So the question is, how do you, how do you turn that overwhelm? How do you get a new, a new thought to that overwhelm in order to change and empower you to actually use the energy that you're using to prevent negative things from happening? How do you actually use that energy to be creative? 
to find solutions, to actually pursue and get the dreams that you've had your whole life instead of just letting them fall by the wayside because your overwhelm suffocates them out. So some thoughts that I had is like, what's standing in my way of believing that I could be successful right now? What's standing in my way of believing that I could be successful now? So when I look at in my story as a freshman in, in college, I had the belief that no, the game was going to be fast. It was going to take a transition for me to go from high school to college. That I had the belief that, oh, if I don't play perfectly, then I'll never get my opportunity again. So was it actually skill that was standing in my way from being successful? No, not really. Just the idea that if I wasn't perfect, then I wouldn't get my chance. So I didn't even take a chance at being successful. I was just trying to not be unsuccessful. And so then the next thing is, what if you couldn't think that? And when I say that, that thought, what if I, what if I couldn't even think the thought of, okay, I'm going to lose playing time. I'm going to disappoint everybody. And I'm going to be embarrassed if I make a mistake. Well, that thought is so liberating because if I didn't think that, then I would just go out and play like I've played my whole life. And chances are that if I played with the aggression of looking to score, if I played with a way of just free and not feeling like, oh, I can't make a mistake, I'm sure I would have helped my team at a much higher level than me playing with the mindset of, I'm trying not just to turn it over. They're going to steal it and they're going to go score and I'm going to hurt my team. So if I just absolutely, absolutely remove the thought of all the embarrassment, the loss of playing time, all the things I don't want, what if I couldn't even think those things? How would my play have been different? So same for you and the overwhelm that you're experiencing in your life. What if you couldn't even think the thought of all the negative things that you say or think that are going to spur down the road? So maybe it's, maybe it's, oh, I need to, I need to do all these things so that I can get the sale in my business. And if I don't get the sale in my business, then I'm not going to be able to pay my bills and our family's not going to eat. And, um, we're going to lose all the things that we had and I'm going to be a total, um, loser. What if you couldn't think that thought that all that chain of events is going to happen? How would that change how you approached your business? Or maybe it's in a relationship where if you're, if you're not married or you're dating someone, it's like, well, I have to be this type of person because if I'm who I really am, then they're going to leave me. and I'm going to be all alone. I'm going to be lonely and I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have what I want. So I have to be someone else that I'm not. Well, what if you couldn't think that? Is it possible that that person could actually be more attracted to you based on who you are? What about as a parent? If I don't get my kids in all these programs or if they don't do this at this point or if they don't do all the things, then they're never going to be cultured and they're not going to be able to go to college and they're not going to be able to, to do all the things that they need to do in order to have a successful life. I'm going to fail them as a parent. So you're overwhelmed because your schedule is packed with kids' soccer games, with you taking them to church and all these activities and school and doing everything, trying to get them all this exposure, which is draining you. You're overwhelmed. You don't even know how to do all of it. And is it based out of the thought that they're, they're not going to get the opportunities and you're going to fail them as a parent down the line? But what if you couldn't even think that? What if it was just that? What if it wasn't even possible? How would that change? Would you free up time in your schedule? Would you limit them to one activity? 
So it's a, it's a powerful question to think through. What if you couldn't think these negative thoughts that is driving your feeling of the overwhelm and then taking these frantic behaviors to like stay on top of it? Another question is what could be possible if you leaned into the discomfort? So in my case, as a freshman, what if I actually leaned into the discomfort of, oh, this is, if I learn how to score right now against older players who are faster, stronger, who have more experience, what could be possible for me as I play more games down the road and I become the more experienced? What, what could I learn from actually leaning into this comfort of feeling this feeling of overwhelm of that? I'm not, maybe I don't have what it takes, or maybe this isn't the, maybe I'm not as good as I thought. Would it actually drive me to increase my skill and become a better basketball player? So maybe for you, if you're feeling overwhelmed, like I felt overwhelmed before when I moved into a new position at a new job and there's just so much going on, what if I completely leaned into that discomfort? How would my skills increase? What impact could I make? If I actually looked at a specific ability or leaned into the discomfort that this is going to make me better and so I'm going to actually soak up this opportunity of the overwhelm and discomfort because I know on the other side it's going to be that much greater because I'm focusing on a greater outcome instead of focusing on if I don't get this done by my deadline or if I don't do all this if I don't work 80 hours a week then I'm going to lose my job and you know follow the trail down the line maybe you learn that by leaning into the discomfort that you know worst case scenario doesn't happen and so those are, those are some powerful questions. What's standing in your way? What could be possible if you didn't even think those thoughts? If the result of you being embarrassed or like losing all your money or um, not being able to eat, if you couldn't think those negative thoughts, what could be possible? And the other thing that you can do when you're asking yourself is look for evidence in your life of you actually having a positive outcome in the circumstance that you're currently in. So for me, the circumstance that I was in as a freshman in college is I was new to this environment. I was new to college basketball. I wasn't new to basketball, but I was new to this new environment. And so if I asked myself, do I have any evidence of thriving in a new environment, especially when it came to basketball? something new, a new team, um, you know, a new just environment when it came to basketball. Do I have any evidence of thriving? And I do. I did. My first game, my junior year in high school, I had just moved to Texas from Colorado. And it was a smaller school. It was a private school. And so the expectations were high. I mean, as far as like people knowing that I was a, a good basketball player and you know, people were kind of curious to see me and I came out and scored for 40 points in my very first game, new environment, new system. I had never played these teams before similar to college. I scored 40 points. What was the difference? Well, in high school, because I had exposure and experience, I had the belief and had the thought that I could. 
and I expected to play great. Where in college, my freshman year, I expected to be hard. And so in both scenarios, my expectation actually came to fruition because the belief, the thought, actually led to the actions that created a new circumstance. So what I want you to take away from today's episode is your beliefs drive your behavior. So what you're believing about your circumstance, the drama that you bring to it is actually creating behaviors, creating actions. They're going to create a new result. And are those actions and results spiraling you upward or are they spiraling you downward? And so if if the thought that you're holding is actually going to create a downward spiral, and when I say downward spiral, it's going to be, well, if I don't get this sale, then I can't, I'm not going to pay my bills and they're going to close on my home. And then we're going to be out on the streets and we're going to be homeless. That's a downward spiral. It's held in the thought of that the belief that maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I can't be successful in this business or in sales versus if someone were to hold a new thought of, well, if I can't even think that thought that I'm going to be homeless, I'm just going to empty that thought out of my brain. Well, the actions I would take would be to go meet people and I would maybe make more offers to people and I would understand their needs better and I would be less desperate. So I'd be more curious about my prospect and what they're looking to do and how they're trying to accomplish it. And I can position what we have. And if it doesn't serve them, that's, then that's great. If it does serve them, then that's even better. I have an obligation to serve that to them by selling it to them. So if you remove the thought of, oh, I'm going to be homeless if I don't make this sell versus, hey, I'm just going to be curious about my prospect and my customers and how can I help serve them? I'm going to make more offers. I'm going to meet more people. What's the result that's going to happen from that? You're going to make more sales. I mean, it's just naturally going to happen. So your belief, what you're thinking actually drives that behavior. So anything... Think about a situation that you're overwhelmed right now. What is the objective circumstance? And for me, like when I was in basketball, it was just, I was a freshman, was new to college, and I was on a winning team. That's a circumstance. That's objective. I can add, I can add whatever drama I want to that, and I can add my beliefs, and I can either be successful or can lead to a result that's undesirable. And so when you're feeling overwhelmed, look at what is the belief I'm holding that's supporting the overwhelm? Why am I feeling this frantic energy in my body? Is the it's and it's going to come down to you focusing on an outcome that you don't desire. So now, once you identify that belief, think to yourself, okay, in the future, I I look at future me and they're handling a situation like this flawlessly. What belief are they holding? What is the future version of myself? What belief are they holding in order for them to handle the situation flawlessly? And if they came to me, what advice would they tell me right now? So going back to my story as a college basketball player, if this, if the senior version, you know, when I say senior, like my senior year in college, if that version were to come and talk to my freshman version, he'd be like, 
you know, you're going to play great. You're going to lead the conference in scoring in certain times. You're going to be first team all conference. This is just the training ground and platform, and you can succeed. The reason that you're playing here is because your coach trusts you. So go and kill it. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Look to score. Look to be a team player. Look to make the right pass. Know and believe that you can accomplish these things. That's what the future version of myself would have told me when I was a freshman in college. So what's the future version of you? What would they tell you in this situation of overwhelm? What advice would they give you? What new belief, what new thought would they tell you in order for you to navigate your overwhelm flawlessly? Because that new thought, that new belief is actually going to change your behavior. Now, once you identify that, if you hold that new thought, what is possible? What does that new thought make possible for you? What's the positive outcome that you can now pursue? What dreams now become available to you, either come available to you now or come available to you again? Because if maybe you've pushed those dreams aside, kind of like how I did, I like let the overwhelm suffocate those dreams where it's like, I can't hit the game-winning shot because when I touch the ball on offense, if I hold it for longer than 30 seconds, someone's going to steal it from me. So when you when you hold the new thought or hold the absence of the negative thought, if you can't even think that anymore, what becomes possible in your life? What dreams become available to you? Now, how does that feel in your body? For me, that's excitement. Yeah, let's go do this. And so those feelings of excitement are going to take you to do the right behaviors. They're going to create the right result. And so when it comes to overwhelm, when it comes to feeling like you keeping your head above water, realize that those negative feelings that you're having in your body, that negative energy is because you're focusing on the outcome that you don't want to happen. And you're playing in you know defensive mode where you're kind of on your heels saying, no, 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 no. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. Instead, you're using all your energy to like hold back this this wall that is like slowly like closing in on you and you're doing your best using all your strength to like push it back, but you're not getting any progress. You can use all that energy and actually flip it and actually pursue the dreams because you've changed your belief. I'll, I'll end it with this. I had a friend who shared an analogy with me um, where he was saying, think about the energy. You could look at a situation of, you know, so much amount of energy. And maybe it's the energy of a freight train that is coming down the tracks and you're going to try to stop it. But you know that you're just going to get, you're just going to get run over. It's just going to run over. And, you know, so it's kind of like you're delaying the inevitable. Or you could take that same energy and put it underneath you like a rocket and actually propel you upwards. So if you think about a rocket taking that same energy, instead of pushing against it or having it come barreling down on you, if you reassign it, so underneath you, you can actually shoot yourself up to the stars. And so I found that to be a powerful analogy of where you're focusing and to actually look and be like, okay, my circumstances objective, it's just what it is. What's the drama that I'm bringing to it? What's the belief I'm holding around that? And how are those beliefs creating and leading to my behaviors that could potentially 
cause a downward spiral, negative results. Versus how do I hold a new thought? Is there any evidence in my life that I have been able to hold this new thought or that this new thought has been present? So for me, I had evidence in my life that I'd come to a new team, a new environment, a new situation where I didn't know the players or the plays. And in my very first game, I scored 40 points. I had evidence in my life that I could actually hold that belief and that was true. So do you have any evidence in your life that this new thought, this new belief is true, that it's actually come into your life before? And then think about what does that make possible when you change the energy of focusing on what could be possible instead of just trying to prevent what you don't want to happen? What could, be co- what could become possible? What becomes available to you? Hopefully you found this information valuable. If you did, please leave me a review. I'd love to hear your feedback so I can continually make this show better. And remember, everything you do matters. So when you're looking to live attractively different, when you want to live and think differently and get excellent results instead of good to great, everything you do matters. So bless you. Go out, rule your assignment that God has for you, and I hope you have a great week. Hey, everyone. It's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF life purpose roadmap at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.